Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and today, if you listened to one of my previous podcasts, uh, the Lego Star Wars All-Stars Review, uh, you know I have a co-host who pops in sometimes, and he is here today. Say hi. Hi. And I've got my live studio audience who may chime in later, but uh, yeah, that's right. And we're going to talk about Star Wars Resistance, Episode 9, Secrets and Holograms today. Uh, Before I get into that, I was going to talk about something that showed up on LEGO Star Wars All-Stars this past week, and it's something we've seen, well, ever since The Force Awakens, so I I was going to talk about how cool it is that there's this big connecting thread in this timeline of the galaxy far, far away, and what it might mean for future stories or um, other tie-ins. And what I'm talking about is, it's the scene in The Force Awakens where Starkiller Base destroys Hosnian Prime by shooting the hyper light speed weapon at it, at the the system and destroying all the planets and the uh, Republic fleet. And we saw it on screen depicted as initially the red beam shot from Starkiller Base. But as this makes its way through space, it kind of breaks up and is all these lines that um, head straight towards all the different planets and destroy them. And as we saw, even though Takodana was light years away, they could see that in the sky and see the destruction of the Hosnian system. And, you know, some people at the time were like, wait a minute, you know, is it the next system over? Is that why you could see it in the sky? Uh, it was a little confusing. But as we found out more about that phenomenon, it was, I guess the best way to describe it is, it's a it's a laser it's a web laser weapon that goes through hyperspace hyperspace and tears a hole in it to where you can it can be seen from light years away instantly it's not like um, it's not like the uh, you know typical phenomenon where if you're looking at light in the in the sky from space that's what it looked like however many million light, light year, uh, years ago because of how long it takes for light to travel um, to your eyesight from space. But no, this was instantaneous. People around the galaxy saw the beam from Starkiller Base tear, tear through um, hyperspace and regular space and instantly show up. Uh, and then also instantly show the destruction of that system. Now, since the Force Awakens came out, we've seen that a couple of times. And we got to see it again this week. And there's going to be once more, I believe we'll see it. That's why I wanted, I thought it was so important to talk about. If you played the uh, downloadable extra content for Battlefront 2, uh, it's a section called Resurrection, which takes place r- right before The Force Awakens. And it's got um, some of our older characters uh, from Inferno Squad who are older, and then um, some newer characters. But without spoiling anything about that that part of the game, they see... Uh, you play a level on one of the planets where the sky is red, 
And as you find out, that's because that's what, from their point of view, they're seeing as that red beam. And then uh, later on, it connects right to the Force Awakens with um, the appearance and uh, destruction of Starkiller Base. And also, around the same time, no, this was, um, yeah, this all, th that, w that was released right around the release of The Last Jedi, so as not to uh, be a big spoiler for the movie. And also around that time, uh, there is a young reader novel called Cobalt Squadron uh, by Elizabeth Wine. <coughs> and I, bl I, tw I have tweeted out about that book. Um, it is a story about uh, Rose, Tico, and her sister Paige. And it tells what mission uh, they were on right before The Last Jedi to explain where, where they were at the time of The Force Awakens, since they weren't yet characters in that movie. So as they're finishing their mission and heading back to Dakar, they see that red phenomenon in space. And so that makes, uh, if you include The Force Awakens, those three instances right there where... They show no that that was seen from all over, at least the region of the galaxy. That it that it was, that's right. Of course, uh, that's why it was so important. And also, it, it would explain why the first order was able to instantly strike fear in the galaxy. If you know, you can see their their destructive their destructive power. And then, as we found out in the crawl of the last Jedi, they instantly uh, went out and started invading all these uh, parts of the galaxy. Uh, to establish their presence. Now, uh, and this is spoilers if you're not totally caught up on Lego Star Wars All-Stars. It's not totally related to the plot, but it just helps to establish exactly when this episode was taking place. Um, and I will do a full review of Lego Star Wars All-Stars uh, later on, especially since we're coming up on the mid-season mid break of Resistance. So I'll have another podcast to do. My co-host will be all over that one with me. But there, um, the latter part of LEGO Star Wars All-Stars involves the sequel era, and much like the second season of Freemaker Adventures um, coincided with Return of the Jedi, the latter part of the season of All-Stars coincides with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And so, once again, we see the red light in the sky from the, our Lego character's point of view. So that now that now we're at four instances of this one unifying event being seen somewhere else. And and I'd already had thoughts about it, but uh, to see it yet again, and for them to use it in the timeline like that, it, it, I mean, it's that important of an event from a galactic standpoint as far as the new, the new order that's trying to show up. The reason I mention it is cause I really believe that on the second half of this season of Resistance, we're going to see it from the point of view of Castellan. Or if uh, Cas happens to be off-planet on a mission. But I think we are going to see that so that we know where we where exactly we are in the timeline. Um, and also, you know, we have to think about it, and I'll, I'll talk about it more... Ne uh, on the next episode when I review Station Theta Black just because of his involvement in the events of the movies uh, we gotta lose BB-8 off the show at some point at least for a while so I think 
that will be our first clue whenever you know um, Poe takes BB-8 away or if BB-8 is called away on a mission um, then we'll know that that event's coming up pretty soon and I think we will see for the fifth time in canon material that red light um, so it's something to watch out for uh, again it's just especially after Lego Star Wars All-Stars it just caught my eye as um, that, that's something we had yet to see in Star Wars is a well it, even though it's artificially made like this spatial phenomenon that is seen by so many and heralds a new era for the galaxy and you know what the stakes are um, thought that, thought that was really cool and like I say we're, we're, we're I, I would almost bet money I'm not going to but I would almost bet money that we will see that in the second half of Resistance this season. But let's move on to Secrets of Holograms. Like I say, Episode 9. Uh, this is the last episode before the mid-season finale. Um, Station Theta Black is the last episode we'll get in December um, for those who are getting it first run. I know, um, I think in Canada they're just starting to get Season 1. Um, the first couple of episodes have been put on the Disney Kids YouTube channel uh, to go along with um, Galaxy of Adventures. So, um, but as far as people who are getting the first run episodes, um, at least first, uh, yeah, um, next the next episode is the last one for a while. So that'll give us a chance to catch up and reflect, and then get, uh, get ready for what I imagine is going to be a pretty hectic second half of the season. Who's best in the galaxy? Han Solo. Han Solo, that's right. Best pilot in the galaxy. Yes. He, my co-host loves Han, and I don't blame him. Alright, so, uh, for Secrets and Holograms, the first thing we get to see is Tora playing a video game. What do you think about the video game? That would be that would be cool to have a game like that where you can just stand there and and hop around and act like you're a star pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I Although, just really want to do that right now. You want to do that right now? And um, well, I mean, you've got uh, you had a leapfrog game when you were a kid where you kind of did stuff like that. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, but not where you, it just fills the room with holograms and you act like you're in the game. But maybe someday, who knows? Yeah. Maybe someday we can get that game. And I'd probably love it. And what else did you like about the beginning of the episode? Um, Buggles. Buggles? That that was Tora's pet. Uh, what what do you think? What do you think he looks like? Kind of like a space. Dog. A space dog. Yeah. I think space a space dog probably works pretty good. He kind of barked like a space dog. <laughs> yeah. Little boggy. Yeah. Um, boggy red. Huh? His, his name is Buggles, but um, so yeah, we, we this episode got off to a really fun start for kids, you know, with Tora playing video games and having her pet, um, well, Buggles, yeah, um, yeah, even the the baby's excited about that one, um, but and as we found out later, the, the name of the game is Flight Simulator Squadron, so I mean, yeah, it's just like having an Xbox uh, Connect in her room, and. Yeah, no, it's better than YouTube, I think. I think it's better than YouTube. Yeah. 
Um, but then we get into... Um, he's okay. He just had lunch. We're just relaxing. Uh, so then we get into uh, more about the plot of the episode where, um, you know, um, the reason Tor is in a room is because um, Captain Doza is going to be visited by Commander Pyre and the First Order uh, to talk about the proposal he uh, mentioned um, a couple of episodes ago about... Oh, okay. The kitty's right here. That's fine. What? He's, she's okay. She can hang out. Well, she better not bite the cord, otherwise the this podcast won't last very long. So, the podcast we're doing right now, silly. This? This? Yeah, the, yes, that is a, a podcast, and if the she bites the cord to my headset, then it, we're not we're not going to talk very long. But we need to get talking about the episode, and I'll see what you think about it in a minute. No, I I have to hold the notes because I forgot where I am. Um, so yeah, the first. We talked about Buggles, yeah. I was down here about First Order. Um, yeah, so we find out, like, the First Order is uh, the reason they're trying to, uh, you know, offering their protection. They're claiming that they're being attacked by the pirates, too, uh, which I, I'm glad they put that in. Um, let me see. This episode was written, by the way, by Stephanie Folsom, who has done previous episodes, and I forgot to look up which one she had done. Um, but, so, I don't know. He just, he likes talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I was glad they put that in that at least the First Order has a kind of a cover story as to, well, they're attacking us too, so, you know, this is mutually, mutually beneficial. It's not like, oh, it'd be a shame if something happened, you know, if something happened to your platform there. Uh, kind of a, you know, gangster mentality. I love Buggles too. I hope they make like a big plush Buggles and you can buy it at, um, you know, uh, Star Wars Land, you know, that sort of thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Or, or how about you could buy, like, a bigger Falcon Falcon than, than um, my big Falcon with a circle and a stick! <laughs> and then they cut it off. Well, we might have to get a bigger a bigger Falcon toy one day. Yeah, he likes playing. I gave him my old one that uh, from the 95 re-release uh, to play with. And and Ezra is on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that's uh, that's officially canon. We we consider that Ezra flew on the Falcon. Yeah, he, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got stuff all over the Falcon. Uh, you're having a lot of fun playing with it. Yeah. And. and <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm having a blast sharing some of my old Star Wars toys with him. He, he's having a good time with it right now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about the episodes more. You, you can keep playing if you want to, and I'll... I'll... I got C-3PO and R2. You got C-3PO and R2. Good. They, they need to be in the Falcon. Yeah, one day, I, all my old toys are at my dad's house, and one day I went, um, just grabbed like a TIE fighter and a Falcon, grabbed some figures, brought them over for him to play with. Um, he, he's having a blast with them. Plus, it saves me from having to buy, like, the new versions. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, the First Order has their cover story. And then we find out, like, really the consequences of what's going on. Uh, Captain Doza's talking about it, about the increased danger, you know, with the increased pirate attacks. And mentioned that they have had to cancel some of the races because, you know, 
You know, they're needing the aces for... I love Buggles, too. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we can buy Buggles. Maybe someday. Um, so there's... Maybe someday. I know it's... No, no, I said someday. They, they haven't made Buggles yet. So if anybody... If anybody from Lucasfilm Marketing is listening, please make a Buggles doll. Uh, I will buy one for uh, both my boys. Uh, they already have Porgs. That was a big hit. So please make Buggles. Yeah, we got Porgs. Your your Porg's name is Brownie. That's right. And then your brother has a brown uh, has a Porg too. So yeah, we. Uh, name Brownie also. So we need, uh, please make uh, Buggles. All right, back to the episode. All right, we're, we're getting off track because we're having so much fun today. Um, yeah, so they, you know, they cancel some races and you know, because they need uh, the aces for um, patrol and security and, and not just for fun. So this leads into uh, the fun with Tora and Kaz. You know, Kaz is still trying to spy and find out what Doza knows about the First Order. And then uh, Tora just wants to get out and breathe some air, and uh, yeah, there's a recurring thing where uh, Dad keeps saying he wants he wants to take her on a hover cruise. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. It makes me think of uh, a mi- no, not like a hoverboard. Um, you know, like it, you know, like a cruise ship, um, but you know where it kind of floats on the water. Um, I, I, I mentioned no, not a hoverboard, um, but I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. I can't remember what what it's for, but um, there's so many little things that make me think of the fifth element when they go to Flost in Paradise, and then they have the the cruise liner that, you know, can go orbital, but also kind of floats around. No, I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about this movie you haven't seen yet. Um, and so the, uh, the cruise ship just kind of floats around uh, and takes them to all the beaches. What? The, yeah, the next movie is IX, but we're talking about Resistance right now. Um, so, it, anyway, yeah, the Hover Crew sounds pretty cool. Maybe we'll get to see that. Um, so then Tora and Kaz wind up in the marketplace. Um, and uh, some people got on Twitter got excited because uh, we thought we might got our first might have our first new canon look at a bo- uh, Bothan. Um, that marketplace vendor. Who, by the way, was voiced by um, Phil Lamar. Uh, who I, I, I should have looked it up. I want to say he uh, voiced um, Kit Fisto on Clone Wars, but he's he's done voices before, so that's cool to have him back. And the uh, the Antiques vendor was, uh, was a cool looking design, even if he's not Bothan. Um, I just thought he was kind of neat, um, kind of had like an Asian influence with his attire. And then uh, you also got a couple extra voices um, from recurring characters we've seen. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who is, um, and I'm blanking on the, uh, the ace's name, uh, Freya. Uh, she played Jukes, um, who is one of the alien background characters. And then, um, I am, I'm flipping around right now. I was, uh, wanted to make sure I give, see, these are the people who, uh, do the voices for the characters. And I want to give them a lot of credit because they do such a great job. Uh, with all these different characters, you know, like this person plays three different characters on the show, and I think that's really awesome. Um, and so, uh, then there was a Nautilin, who's the same species as Kit Fisto, and uh, I think Stephen Stanton did his voice. So he got to do a couple in this episode. Wow, somebody is excited about kitties. Oh 
Uh, yeah, I know. That I think that's your brother making sounds. Come here, silly. Well, uh, <laughs> all right, we are having a grand old time talking about this today. Uh, we're just cutting loose. Um, no, he's okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, we get a, you know, you know, people. I like that they're showing uh, that you know people are concerned about all these attacks and everything uh, from different levels because. Um, you know, you got the people in the marketplace wondering what's going on. Uh, later on, we see, you have the aces asking what's going on. No, see, three is not on the um, Colossus. But I was just talking about, um, you know, no, you know, not right now. Uh, the aces uh, are concerned too. They're they, they're asking Tora what's up because you know they realize that it's no secret that it's her dad who's in charge of everything, so they want to know. And um, but then the first order shows up. Uh, we get. What we thought was Kylo Ren's personal shuttle, but it turns out it's like their class of shuttle. Uh, it's Upsilon class shuttles. Uh, that was mentioned on Bucket's list. Um, so we've seen uh, Commander Pyre now use it and Captain Phasma, as well as Kylo Ren. And then head back up to Doza Tower as there's more sneaking around. And we get the presence of, you know, a lot of big presence of security droids. Um, which, if the last time we were up at Doza Tower, uh, the last episode with Hype, uh, the High Tower, that was it. Um, I don't. Really, it, it might be good to do a rewatch, especially with the break coming up. But I don't remember that many security droids being up there at the time. So that, you know, the increased presence helps to show how serious they think the situation is. That the mood on the Colossus has definitely changed over the episodes. Is less, you know, less carefree because, you know, they've got these attacks going on all the time. And the First Order keeps showing up. You know, the, pe there's the people around have to have to know that something's going on. Now, now, Mr. Live Audience, you are just so excited today. <laughs> I see. You're playing, yeah, you're play, playing with your brother, yeah. You like it when Daddy talks about Star Wars, yeah. Alright, back to, back to the show. Um, Okay, so we get up to the Aces Lounge. Um, what's the coolest thing about this is that all of them got to speak, except for Bo Keevil, but that's kind of the recurring theme. <clears throat> so I was glad that, you know, finally got to hear Stephen Stanton as Griff and um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn back as Tor um, Freya. And then um, Hype has some lines, Donald Faison's back. So th this was kind of the scene I've been, I'd been waiting for for a while. Uh, I... When, and I've mentioned it before, when, when the series first started, I thought there would be more involvement of the Aces as main characters, not just, you know, people off in the Ivory Tower type situation. So it was it was great to see this scene where they're just, you know, they're lashing around, they, they need answers, and they're talking to the Torah. And I will, and I will get to it, but this episode totally belonged to Myrna Velasco. Uh, she, she had a you know, great episode a while back, um, but this was her chance to shine. Uh, she really, I mean, as I say, Christopher Sean brings it as Kaz every week, but Myrna uh, took charge of this episode and did an outstanding job. So, and you can see that Tora, even if she might not be the best ace, has to take this, 
What about a trash can dump? Oh, it, we, we haven't gotten to the... We haven't... No, we haven't gotten to the trash uh, trash yet. That, that's coming up. I'm, I'm talking about um, uh, other characters right now. Huh? Yeah, that's after that, yeah. Good, well remembered, though. I know you like that trash scene. Um, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, so, and uh, you can see that Tora, with the Ace, you know, she's just having to take more of a leadership role just because of, you know, you know she's Captain Doze's daughter. And then we get another guest appearance back. Uh, Elisha Wood is back as Jace Rucklin. And I mean, he was way back in episode three. So we get to see that Jace, because of um, losing his ship, has had to uh, take, take side work um, and is wor working as a bartender and I guess, I don't know, maid might be the wrong word. But he's having to, do, you know, he's having to do work for the Aces just to try to get, uh, try to get. Yeah, you go play with the Falcon for a little bit, kid. <laughs> um, you know, just trying to get money to build a new racer. So, yeah, there was no racing in this one though. Um, I know. Uh, well, we got that we got that one last a uh, couple weeks ago with. Yeah, uh, but you liked that one with um, uh, Yeager when he was racing, right? Yeah, that was. Uh, who won? Eager. He wanted to be nice switchbar. He he won. That that is exactly right. They taught us a good lesson that day. Um, if you've listened to that, my review of uh, the Platform Classic, I talked about how um, my son got a got a valuable lesson on uh, what winning and losing means, and so I'm, again, I'm thankful for that. But no racing in this one. Uh, it was just the the increased tension. But yeah, it's great to have it's great to have Elijah Wood back and to get you know follow up to where Jace is. I thought at the time that I mean you know the way they had to set up the character that it's easy and it'd be great to bring him back later, have him still hold a grudge against Kaz, which he did. And and so I mean this this one scene was just great because you, you had Donald Faison, you had um, Elijah Wood coming back, so all these you know special appearances all at once. Yeah, outstanding scene. Also like that hype asked for bantha milk and not blue milk, because as we have found out, um, it yes the blue milk comes from banthas, so you would think in the galaxy that's what you would call it. And we also have the recurring theme of cast pigging out whenever there's free food, so um, good, it, just excellent continuity all around from this one scene. Uh, but then move it along to. Um, Kaz being back in Tora's room, uh, and I I love the way they animated Kaz's expression when he sees her game console and is like looking through and seeing what all the, all the games she has. Cause what kid from like 1987 on hasn't done that? Um, yeah, and as you can tell from hearing my co-host talk about the opening scene, uh, I mean this episode really spoke to what kids are nowadays with video games and um, cute pets. Um, so, yeah, very, very relatable episode for the young viewers. I'm, I'm very happy they did that. Watch out, cat. Oh, the cat. cat, the, the, cat the cat's fine. I'm watching her. Um, so, and 
All right, so you got another chance to talk about, uh, so when Kaz is playing Tora on the video game, uh, they're playing against each other. What was that like? Did you like it? Yeah, Battlefront. well, it's it like Battlefront if you were playing against somebody else. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I know. I know you. You usually we only have one one controller, so you only have to play, you know, yourself. But um, sometimes it's fun to play against somebody, and uh, you, you know, you try to get a better score than them, or you know, try to beat them, right? What? Mm-hmm. Somebody at empty toy box. Yeah. So, like, sometimes a lot of people play in my land. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Like the bad guys. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be pretty cool if on Resistance they had a game where it was a bunch of people playing and not just two. Maybe they'll do that, right? Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, so all right, so he really dug the video game stuff, um, and then Forty uh, also played by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. She did triple duty in this episode, and uh, bless you. Um, and you couldn't even really tell. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe if you're listening that close, but I mean, the fact she did three different characters is pretty cool. Um, you know, they're getting great voice talent uh, work out of this. Uh, 4D comes in, you know, looking for intruders. And I love that Cass is just hiding on her bed behind a, a doll. Uh, I don't know if they intended that intended that as an E.T. homage or not, but it was pretty funny. And I got this. So uh huh. Frizzy ball. Yeah, I bet she has a frizzy ball in her room. Um, and then. Kind of like, bub- <laughs> like Buggles, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, Buggles has to have uh, pet toys. I bet. Uh, Buggles does have something like that in the room. Um, and then I was intrigued. Uh, 4D had that line um, talking about, are ball droids reliable? Um, you know, is that a, like a common problem with that manufacturer? Uh, I don't know. That Maybe it's just a throwaway line, but um, as a dig at BB-8. But, you know, I mean, they seem to be very prominent. we got BB-8 and his um, girlfriend, who we might see next episode. And then, of course, BB-9E the, uh, in Last Jedi. But Kaz finally makes it to Captain Doze's office to do some spying uh, while Tor stays in her room. And uh, Jace is on to him. So, I mean, good use of Jace. Um, very, very, I mean, yeah, I, know he, I know he said he looks like him, but it's very Malfoy-like how he's you know, like trying to get Harry in trouble. Um but Jace is trying to rat out Kaz to Captain Doza. So Kaz needs to hurry and um, get, get all the information on his flash drive. Which, uh, as, as for this recording, I've already seen uh, the next episode. Um, that will come in play uh, next episode. So they keep they keep, uh, keep it rolling. It's almost like a good back-to-back um, two-parter situation with these episodes. Uh, so Kaz, uh, he's getting the information he needs. And we get the big twist, uh, well, which, which I thought would be a bigger twist at the time. Um, yes? Huh? No, you're fine. 
I'm, I'm just talking, and we're going to talk about the trash in just a minute, okay? Trash! The trash scene, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just talking about uh, Cass sneaking around uh, Dose's office. Uh, so he's in the closet, and he sees that Captain Doza has an Imperial captain's uniform. And which, uh, you know, at first when I saw the episode, I thought, well, maybe this is, you know, to help us guess, like, well, is it actually Doza's? No, we're not there yet. Hold on. We're not at the end. I'm the trash can. No, the trash is down here. I'm I'm talking about right here, and then we'll talk about the trash, okay? Uh, uh, trash. But I'm talking about something else right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let me finish making my point here, and then um, and then we'll talk about the trash scene, okay? I've already talked about this, so we're we're we're, we're uh, almost done. Ten more lines. Ten more lines? Not not that many. Um, all right, let me finish talking about this. Um, so, uh, you know, I thought, well, okay, so we saw the uniform. Does that mean that Captain Doza was actually Empire, or maybe um, he is, is a collector, or he got it from somebody? I thought they were, you know, I thought they were leaving it open for interpretation, like, well, maybe it's not really what we think. But then, a couple of days later, on Buckus' list, um, on the video, they said, no, he was, he was a captain, um, in the Empire during the events of the uh, Return of the Jedi. So that is settled. He was former Empire. No swerves or tricks on that. Um, but that's still it's still a pretty big deal. Um, it, I guess if you think about it, it, it explains why he would be put in charge of a platform that is a former Imperial installation. Um, uh, I've mentioned that previously. The, the, the Colossus is... Um, was built by the Empire. That's why some of the architecture is recognizable. And then later in just a little bit when we get to the uh, trash room, it looks like the compactor on the Death Star, uh, the same door design. Hey, what are and the, the Death Star in the trash? Well, it, I was just saying that um, the Col Colossus was built by the Empire a long time ago. So it looks uh, like um, almost like a Star Destroyer on water. And then that trash room looks like the one that Han and Leia and Chewie and Luke got caught in on the Death Star. It kind of kind of looks like that. That's that's the point I was making. Um, so uh, you know we're still yet to find out you know stuff about Doza, but yeah, it turns out hold on, um, turns out he was um, former Empire. So, but nice reveal because you, you didn't really know up until then like you know where he came from. So then we get to the theme of trash. Um, well, for, first of all, uh, you know, Doza is tired of Jace snooping around, uh, you know, looking around his office for somebody, so he has him take out his trash. And, um, it, you know, it ties in. Not, he, he's scared. Is he scared of BB-8? Who? Who was scared of BB-8? Oh, well, he was, he was, yeah, he was scared of who was coming through the elevator, and turns out it was BB-8, so that was okay. Yeah. Oh, he was, yeah, he was worried. Um, but was he worried that that was like a bad guy? Well, he was worried he was going to be a bad guy who was going to see him in the office, but no, it was BB-8 coming to rescue him, so that's all good. Rescue Yeah. I really um, love the trash part. Okay, we're at the trash part. That, that, was, that was one of the best scenes in Star Wars right there when they were about to get smashed and then R2 had to stop it. But then we get to, yeah, but we get to the... Yeah, C-3PO did help, yes. Um, but we get to this trash incinerator on the Colossus. It doesn't crush it. It incinerates it with these lasers. That was just a pretty cool scene. Um, Which and I, I think it. I loved it, too. Like, okay. that was amazing. What was amazing about it? When, um, 
It was, yeah, it's like all that video game playing got them ready to dodge all the lasers. And do you know, you know what that's called in a story? Foreshadowing. When when they show you something early in an episode or a movie, and then it uh, comes into play later, uh, you know, because we saw that Tora and Cass could do those moves, that was foreshadowing for them, for them getting caught in the incinerator and being able to escape. Yeah. Uh, you're not stuck. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, they and I have said it on uh, previous episodes. They do a great job with foreshadowing on this, because um, you remember that one where um, uh, Kaz and Niku had the little com links and they could talk to each other like walkie-talkies, yeah. and, and then Kaz used it later on to he put it in Dose's office so he could hear what was going on. Yeah. That was foreshadowing, and just yeah. like this, yeah. And I do get a kick out of uh, trash being such a theme of the sequel era because, you know, of course, Finn was sanitation as a stormtrooper and, you know, having to use the trash can for BB-8's disguise. And before I forget, um, they did a really cool thing when they were about to get into the incinerator before they got into that main room. uh, The dialogue between Tora and Kaz is completely in the dark while they're in that little room or whatever. And... It was like a, a little elevator thing, um, and that was a, a. It made me think of um, if any of you have seen Mystery Men, which is a superhero movie that came out in 1999. It's got Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo and William H Macy. It's really funny, and they do a similar scene where they're walking around in the dark, uh, having having dialogue, and before they get into the room they're trying to get to. Very similar to this, um, but and it's kind of a bold move for a you know animated movie or animated show where you know the kids are watching and you know they they really have to they they really have to focus on the dialogue for just a you know a second or two before the light comes back um so neat neat little scene i like that also and if you didn't notice um when jace is putting the trash from doza's office in uh, down into the incinerator uh, to be sent down to where they're having to dodge the lasers. Uh, there's like music going on, like would you, you know, like elevator music, um, which I thought was really amusing. Um, it's also the second time that he's been involved with background music because uh, they had like the radio going at his um, back in the episode when he was uh, getting his racer tuned up in his garage. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I've complimented the music on this show so much, but just nice touch with background music on the set, so to say. Um, so anyway, they they get out. Kaz has the information he needs. Tor is suspicious, asking Kaz if he's a spy. I mean, he he gives a dodgy answer, but he gives a dodgy answer, but you know, she doesn't really believe him. So. Um, but, you know, it's setting up, you know, the First Order is going to have a presence here um, if Doza fully agrees. And so it ends with Tora wanting to know more about Kaz. So, the video, the video game and Buggles were, were your favorite parts of the episode? Yeah. Was there anything? Beginning. Uh, yeah, the beginning. Was there anything else? You, and the trash. Um, what else did you like about it? 3PO wasn't in this one. Oh, I almost forgot all about it. No, was that so? That was about all you liked. No, I like a little more. Like what? Well, I got some transport. 
Oh. Well, but no, there's there was no Transformers on this. But that was that, well, that, but that was the whole episode. Very very kid friendly episode. Um, they they enjoyed watching it. And like I say, there's another one more episode coming up before we get a break, um, which is um, like I say, I've already seen it. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it here. I'm going to review it later in the week. It's just classic Star Wars action. Very enjoyable. Uh, we get Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie coming back. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, kids loved the kids love the video games. Kids love Buggles. Kids love uh, scenes in trash. So more of that, please. Um, yeah, please make Buggles so we can buy it. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed um, just a lot of great voice work. Um, again, Stephen Stanton and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn got to do multiple voices. Uh, we got Phil Amar, um back in Star Wars. We got um, Donald Faison and Elijah Wood coming back. And then Christopher Sean doing his usual great job. And then Myrna just owning the whole studio, uh, doing a great job as Tora. We need more Tora Doza. I'm, I'm so hopeful that when that when the red the red sky shows up, and uh, the events of the movie are put into place, um, and I imagine that's where the series is going to go. That you know people are going to choose sides, and some of these people join the actual resistance with Kaz. I've talked about it on a previous episode. I think Hype is one of those who will join. Uh, I hope Tora does, Cause, and then they maybe they make their own squadron. Um, that's I haven't really thought about it that much, but maybe that's what happens. Like. Kaz, Tora, Hype, a few others create their own resistance squadron. Um, but but we're, we're having a lot of fun here. We're going to wrap it up on this um, more casual review episode. I will be back with... Um, I'll review Station Theta Black. Yeah, I'll review Station Theta Black this week. And I will also... Um, what I'm gonna do is go back and look at the full trailer, or the you know they did a couple of trailers. I go back and uh, I'll look at those and try to identify stuff that was seen in that that we don't didn't yet get in the first half of the season. Um, I know there's at least one shot that hasn't been shown yet, so I'll talk about that, and then and, you know make some speculation on where we're going uh, the second half. Until then, thank you to my studio audience, and thank you to my co-host. You did a great job. All right, you you know. You really love the trash can. All right. Um, yep, I, I'm I'm done. I'm going to wrap it up, and thank you everybody for listening. Um, oh, oh, we we did have a snow day here. It was very beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy if you had one too. See you next time. Next time, uh, follow on uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Radio Dakar. Um, leave any comments or questions you have, and uh, I'm glad we love it too. And until next time, what do we always say at the end of the show? The Star Wars Show. The Star Wars Show. No, that's that's another show. But they, I love Andy and Anthony. They they're awesome on the Star Wars Show. But until next episode, may the force be with you.